MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. Today, the trial of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd continues with powerful testimony for the prosecution. Matt Gates is being investigated for a possible sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl. New information on the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, uh, this time from the CDC. We have leaked audio from conservatives opposing the For the People Act that show they're scared of more people voting. Ghislaine Maxwell is hit with superseding indictments. Biden names diverse nominees for the federal bench. Florida COVID numbers face new scrutiny. Summer Zervos' lawsuit against a former guy can move forward. And Matt Gates is considering quitting Congress to work for Newsmax. And I think now we know why. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Uh, wow, Dana, this is a really, really insane Newsday. I don't. I can't. I feel so bad for for Rachel Maddow and her team right now. Oh my god! Around. It just keeps coming and coming and breaking news and breaking news and yeah. That today's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And uh, I've been watching the the Derek Chauvin trial, which was a devastating day for Derek Chauvin today. And I'll talk a little bit about that. We can discuss that. Um, and we have some really big breaking news about Matt Gates. This is career-ending news. This is massive, massive news. And uh, later I'll be speaking with Adam Klasfeld from Law and Crime about the superseding indictments in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. We're going to dive into, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. We're going to dive into a lot of detail. And uh, Dana and I will be live tomorrow, Thursday, April 1st at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern on the Stereo app, where you can come and have an interactive conversation with us after hours, uh, exclusive content. You can sing songs. We can have drinking games, whatever. How it, every, every week it unfolds differently, and I love it each time. I do hope you can join us this week. AG and I could both use the company, both use the laughter, and, and I know some of you all could too. So please join us live, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard. Yes, Please do that. And we also need good news this week. We really all need some good news. So if you have any good news, you can send it in to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. You can send in, uh, what do we do? Uh, we do misheard lyrics. If you have any of those, that's always fun. If you have a, a dispute that you need settled in Amy's court, she's here on Fridays. You can set, set, send in that dispute and Amy's rulings are final. And uh, we also have a game we play called What the Mutt? where you send in your rescue dog photos and we try to guess what breeds are involved. We're very bad at it, but every once <laughs> in a while we get bad. one right and it makes you happy and so we'll continue. We, I'm even bad with dog breeds. I'm like, shepherd? And and everyone's like, what kind? There's 800 shepherds. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. You know, just a shepherd. Uh, so it's... it's it's very fun. Uh, but we have correct. if you have corrections, if, if I make any mistakes, we make any mistakes, you can send those there too. Just uh, dailybeanspod.com, click on contact. We do have so much news to get to. So let's start off. Let's kick it off and let's, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, here we go. Lead story today. Uh, the Derek Chauvin trial for the murder of George Floyd. It continued today with testimony from some minors uh, that were there on the scene, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 18-year-old. Uh, and something that really stood out to me was Darnella Frazier's uh, testimony. She was the one 
who shot the video that was heard around the world. Her video went viral. She's 18 now. She was 17 at the time. So we, we didn't see her face or hear her full name during the trial. Uh, but her powerful testimony included this quote. She said, when I, when I look at George Floyd, I look at my dad. I look at my brothers. I look at my cousins, my uncles, because they're all black. I have black friends. And I look at that and I look at that, how that could have been one of them. There may have been nights, there's been nights I've stayed up apologizing and apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life. But it's not like what I should have done. It's what he should have done and pointed at Derek Chauvin. Yeah. Um, Which is just incredible uh, wherewithal for for an 18-year-old. to understand, you know, every every one of those witnesses today that testified has trauma and, and felt some sense of responsibility, but knew enough at, at, at that age, at, the, at those very young ages that they are, to, to know whose fault this was. Absolutely. And it was just heart-wrenching. Um, also, a nine-year-old testified, testified she saw Derek Chauvin repeatedly push his knee into George Floyd's neck. You can see that in the video as well, and that is a very, very powerful testimony. It goes to intent. Um, it's, he's guilty of murder. A hundred percent. There's no question that he murdered yeah. him. There, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, there's no question. Yeah, and, and the defense wisely chose not to cross-examine any of the minors and not to cross-examine, uh, well, because they got a, bu- a bunch of backlash when they went to cross-examine the MMA expert, Mr. Williams. Mm-hmm. He was very calm and collected as the defense tried to insinuate that he and the bystanders were at fault for the murder of George Floyd and not Derek Chauvin. And when the defense went after him trying to paint him as an angry black man, uh, it really backfired on them. They went after him saying he was growing more and more angry. And Williams said, I was growing more and more concerned for the life of George Floyd. Yeah, And then... We have Genevieve Hansen, former firefighter, no, current firefighter, Minneapolis, um, Minnesota firefighter, and stellar witness for the prosecution. Yeah, cr- from what I understand, the cross-examination did not go well. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It did not. And after, after the prosecution questioned her, and she gave all of her facts and information that she had given uh, previously to grand jury, etc. She's very calm, cool, collected, confident, knew her job, well-spoken, just an incredible witness. There was a little bit of a conference amongst the defense attorneys. And I, and I tweeted at that moment, don't tell me that defense is actually considering cross-examining this witness. That would be a huge mistake. Huge. Mm-hmm. And I was right. And oh, yes. everyone who thought so was right. Tried to discount her, tried to discredit her, just kept digging a hole deeper and deeper. And she, like, trying to get her to say, like, they were like, okay, you're a firefighter. When you're doing a fire, you know, and you got the hose on the fire, what if there's somebody there yelling at you, telling you how to do your job? And she's like, that never happens. (laughs) And then he goes, all right, but let's say, hypothetically, a bunch of people showed up and started yelling at you. And she's like, well, I'm pretty confident in my training. I'm sure I'd be able to do the job at hand. Yep. And he's like, okay, okay, but what if they were calling you names? And she's like, again... I'm very confident in my training and my ability. 
Uh, I'm very competent. I would be able to do my job without distraction. He's like, okay, okay. But what if they were physically threatening you? And she's like, dude, I'm very confident in my abilities to do my job. I mean, just embarrassing. <laughs> it was so, so terrible. And if, if, and I mean, there's still a lot of testimony to go. Uh, but that just felt like the death knell for the defense to me. And it may perhaps, I mean, it, you never know who's on the jury or what's in their heads or what's in their right. hearts, but that was just devastating to their case. So we'll continue to cover this. Uh, just a, a very, again, like I said, heart-wrenching day of, uh, f- to listen to to the testimony here. Uh, I mean, in a perfect world, the video alone is enough to convict. Of course. But of, unfortunately, we don't live in that world. Um, but I do have some good news for you, AG, to cheer you and the listeners up. This goes back to our new president. Uh, Biden has began a drive to reshape the federal courts. It's about damn time. Listen, I say that, but it's only been like, it's been less than 100 days. Like, I think it's it's been less than 75, even at this point. Um, I know. And I'm like, what happened? Okay. So federal courts, this is on Tuesday. Um, he is reshaping them with a burst of judicial nominations that put an emphasis on diversity and drew from a broad range of backgrounds, including public defenders, which is wonderful. The effort in mo- is motivated in part by a desire to clearly offset the conservative mark stamped on the federal judiciary by the former guy. Um, and he, I don't know if you know the number here, but he actually confirmed uh, one confirmation for more than 220 judges, as we know, mostly white men. Uh, Biden, his first round of nominations, also sought to make good on his campaign promise to draw from a more diverse pool than either party has had in the past and to redefine what it means to be a qualified for the federal bench. Now, in a statement early Tuesday, the president announced the nominations of 11 people to serve as federal district or appeals court judges, moving faster than any president in decades to fill open positions in this court. Yes, good. This is good. His nominee is led by Judge Katanji Brown Jackson for the influential U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. And that's... um. Uh, why his name's slipping my mind the new ag it's that's his old his old spot correct that's merrick garland's old seat yeah thank mm-hmm. you yeah that's merrick garland's old seat now that included three african-american women for appeals court uh, vacancies and candidates who if confirmed by the senate would be the first federal judge one who is muslim another the first asian american woman to serve on the u.s district court for the district of columbia and the first woman of color to serve as a federal judge in maryland mm. allies of the president a former longtime chair of the senate judiciary committee with a deep background in judicial nominations is determined to install judges with different sets of experiences from the mainly white corporate law partners and prosecutors who have been tapped for decades by presidents on both parties so mr biden has also promised to appoint the first First African-American woman to the Supreme Court if he has the opportunity, and I'm hoping he does. Mm-hmm. And we think that that will be uh, Judge Kentaji uh, Brown-Jackson, uh, who uh, just uh, because generally, generally speaking, you appoint Supreme Court judges from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where a lot of them uh, get get moved up from, uh, second highest court in the land. So yeah. we will see how that goes. But that's who I assume that it would be. Now, Give me this next story. Listen, I, I have to, uh, I'm saying this because I, I feel badly for the victim, but this is, there's some going to be some justice here. AG, give it to me. Yeah, I haven't done this in a while, but Matt Gates is 
Fucked, 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 fucked. Okay, now it's it's different when you don't have three people, but it's still just as much fun. Now, now <laughs> Representative Matt Gates, uh, Republican of Florida, close ally of a former guy, is being investigated by the Justice Department over whether he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her to travel with him, according to three people briefed on the matter. Now, across state lines is the key. Yeah, just a small note, too. Um, I want a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old. Uh, that would also be considered rape, if anyone's confused. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigators are examining whether Mr. Gates violated federal sex trafficking laws. A variety of federal statutes make it illegal to induce uh, someone under 18 to travel over state lines to engage in sex in exchange for money or something of value. The Justice Department regularly prosecutes such cases, and offenders often receive severe sentences. Now, I don't know what the age of consent is in Florida. We can probably look this up. But it is if it is 17, then there may not be statutory rape investigation here. It is the transporting of someone under 18 across state lines for sexual favors in exchange for something of value. That is sex trafficking. Now, it was not clear how Mr. Gates met the girl, believed to be 17 at the time of the encounters about two years ago, that investigators are scrutinizing. That's according to two of the people. The investigation was open in the final months of the former guy's administration under Barr. Bill Barr. Hmm. Uh, Given that Mr. Gates' national profile, senior Justice Department officials in Washington, including some appointed by the former guy, were notified of the investigation. The three people said the examination of Gates, 38, is part of a broader investigation. 38, 17. Is part of a broader investigation into a political ally of his. This all stemmed from an investigation into a guy named Joel Greenberg, a local official in Florida who was indicted last summer on a whole bunch of charges, including sex trafficking of a child and financially supporting people in exchange for sex, at least one of whom was an underage girl. Matt Gates said in an interview that his lawyers had been in touch with the Justice Department and that they were told he was the subject, not the target of an investigation. He said, I only know that it has to do with women. I have a suspicion that someone's trying to recategorize my generosity to ex-girlfriends as something more untoward. Like sex trafficking? Okay. Yeah. A Justice Department spokesman declined to comment, as did a spokeswoman for U.S. Attorney's Office in Central Florida. Greenberg, this guy, pleaded not guilty last year and was sent to jail this month for violating the terms of his bail. He's scheduled to go on trial in June in Orlando. So he's in lockup now for bail violation. Uh, now, Gates, you know, frequent presence on Fox News, he's recently mused with confidants about quitting elected politics and taking a full-time job with Newsmax or another network. And that's according to a person familiar with the conversation that Axios first reported that. That was my breaking news today, that he was thinking of leaving Congress. Uh, now we know why. <laughs> yeah. And going, he wanted to go to Newsmax. I tweeted at, I tweeted at him. I tagged him in it, too. Because I ain't afraid. I said, oh, so you, uh, you know, it's good. Good. This is a good decision because, you know, in Congress, to get your Russian money, you have to launder it. You have to pay money laundering fees. Why not eliminate the middleman and get your rubles directly from the source and work for Newsmax? Nice. (laughs) Now, Mr. Greenberg, this guy, maintained ties to controversial figures who have supported Donald Trump in an examination of court records, social media posts and far right websites. A website run by a member of the far right group, huh, the Proud Boys, and a network of fake social media accounts linked to, huh, Roger Stone, have promoted false accusations about Mr. Greenberg's rivals, similar to rumors that prosecutors accused Mr. Greenberg of secretly trying to spread. It was not clear how Greenberg knew either Gates or Stone, but he posted a selfie with both of them in 2017 saying, great catching up. The following year, Mr. Gates expressed support for Mr. Greenberg's successful bid for local office, predicting he would someday make a great member of Congress. 
After Trump's defeat last year, Gates once again rallied to his side, defending the president's baseless claims of election fraud. He helped organize efforts among lawmakers to challenge Biden's victory during Congress's certification on January 6th, which, as we know, was disrupted by an insurrection. Gates later traveled to Wyoming to hold a rally against Representative Liz Cheney, the former Republican, no, the current Republican leader, um, well, top number three, who voted to impeach Trump for inciting the riot. In 2017, Gates was the only member of Congress to vote against a law that gave the federal government more power and money to fight human trafficking. Hmm. The lone vote Mm -hmm. against that. Mr. Gates' personal life gained attention last summer when he announced he had a son, Nestor Galban, 19. Though Mr. Gates said it was not Mr. Galban's biological father, nor had he adopted him, Mr. Galban had been 12 when they met and had come to the United States from Cuba. Mr. Gates was, at the time, dating Mr. Galban's sister. He's part of my family story, Mr. Gates told People magazine in June. My work with Nestor, our family, no element of my public service could compare to the joy that our family has brought me. Oh, God. Mr. Gates proposed to his girlfriend, Ginger Lucky. Uh, She needs to change that last name. Indeed. At Mr. Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club on December 30th. Who? Who? Okay. It was unclear how investigators in the Greenberg case began examining Gates. Last June, federal prosecutors secured an indictment against Greenberg, accusing him of stalking a political rival. Stalking. Around that time, federal authorities seized his phone and laptop. Uh, They discovered evidence that Greenberg, whose job responsibilities include issuing licenses, was creating fake IDs for himself and a teenage girl and was experimenting with holograms used on permits for concealed firearms. Two months later, he was indicted on the sex trafficking charge. From May to November of 2017, prosecutors said Greenberg targeted a girl who was between 14 and 17, saying he recruited and solicited her for sex acts in exchange for unspecified perks or favors. Within days of taking office, he fired three employees who had supported his predecessor and began spending more than $1.5 million of taxpayer money on personal shit, including guns, ammunition, body armor, and a drone, as well as computers for his own cryptocurrency venture. That's according to a county audit. Of course. Of course. And I'm sure that he had a nice collection of fedoras. (laughs) The following year, according to the Orlando Sentinel, Greenberg uh, posted a photograph of himself with Milo Yiannopoulos, the right-wing personality who has a history of making racist remarks. The newspaper also detailed Greenberg's own misogynist and anti-Muslim comments on Facebook. Real just top-of-the-line fella. In his bid for re-election, Greenberg turned in late 2019 to clandestine tactics to undermine a possible rival. That's according to the court documents. He uh, sent an anonymous letter to the school where one potential candidate worked that made unfounded accusations of sexual misconduct with a student and made similar claims on a fake Facebook account. As a primary race intensified, similar messaging began to appear on fake social media accounts that have been tied hmm, to Roger Stone. Watch out, Seminole County, said someone named April Goad. Goad. Nice. On Facebook, warning Floridians, don't open up your door to the rival candidate. Uh, <laughs> okay. The post linked to an article about the rival published on Central Florida, uh, at the Central Florida Post, which is a website controlled by Stone Associates. He's everywhere. Favorable articles about Greenberg. Website was founded by a member of the Proud Boys, who has been linked to security providers for Mr. Stone on January 6th in Washington in the lead up to the uh, insurrection at the Capitol. Huh. Proud Boys, Roger Stone, Matt Gates, sex trafficking. Okay. Mr. Greenberg's reelection efforts quickly evaporated when he was first indicted last June and he resigned a day later. So. Oh, this is in Florida. Oh, it's all in. I mean, this is this is 
This has been happening in Florida for a long time. All sorts of shit in Florida. You got some stuff from Florida. Oh, yeah. I would not be surprised if this isn't all intertwined with the... um, uh, What is wrong with my brain today? The guy that, you know, quote unquote, committed suicide. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. Thank you very much. My Mm. God. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, and by the way, while you were telling that story, I looked it up. The age of consent in Florida is 18 years old. Oh, all right. Double whammy. Fuck you. Yep. Fuck you. Ugh. I hope he goes down for this. All right. We're going to move on to another story. But this is also in Florida. And what a- <laughs> I'm sorry, Florida. Listen, I'm going to do this because we talk about Texas. I know there are good Floridians. Your state and your leaders... My goodness. My, my goodness. Okay. New research published earlier this month in the American Journal of Public Health argues that Florida is undercounting, undercounting the number of people who died from COVID-19 by thousands of cases. Now that's casting new doubt on claims that Governor Ron DeSantis navigated the coronavirus pandemic successfully. Who thought okay. that? Who I seriously, that? I don't I don't know. I don't know. So conservatives apparently have thought that. Mm. They've been celebrating DeSantis for his handling of the pandemic which has killed more than 30,000 residents of his state. Critics and that's the number that they're actually saying. Yeah, and if it's thousands, we're talking 10-15%. Like Absolutely. not small beans. Yeah, critics of the combative governor. Meanwhile, many of them are saying that the deaths would have been prevented if he had just listened more diligently to health experts. DeSantis resisted lockdowns, he downplayed masks, and has made it increasingly difficult for localities to institute public health measures of their own. So even when you know areas are trying to fix this, he's like, nope. Now, the state now could actually be on the cusp of a new coronavirus surge. So in the case of Florida, the researchers say 4,924 excess deaths should have been counted as resulting from COVID-19, but for the most part were ruled as having been caused by something else, thus lowering Florida's coronavirus fatality count. Now, that's possible because people who die from COVID-19 often have comorbidities, such as diabetes and asthma. Now, what that does is that leaves some discretion for medical examiners who have sometimes struggled with conflicting science and been subject to political pressures during the pandemic. So in Florida, the state's 25 district medical examiners are directly appointed by the governor. Well, there you go, right? Yeah, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) (laughs) They're all doing his work. Ugh. And remember, everyone that's tried to put these, like, come out with the truth has been fired. Rebecca Jones having her house raided. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So last spring, DeSantis administration, they were accused of trying to keep those medical examiners from releasing complete coronavirus data. Now, in August, the state said coronavirus deaths no longer required certification from a medical examiner. So now it's completely out of the hands of anyone that has any sort of... uh, specialty in this area Uh, i hope somebody's looking into that somebody not from florida Um, please and again not floridians nothing against y'all it's the indeed government a lot of my people a lot of my people live down in florida the good juice the good good juice (laughs) i remember the big schlep from uh from sarah silverman she's like everybody fly to florida and get your grandparents out uh to go vote (laughs) i loved it Uh, All right, we're going to be back back with some details about the superseding indictments on Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, speaking of sex trafficking charges. And that's going to be law and crime reporter and editor Adam Klasfeld, who's going to join me. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of the pod is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Last year definitely showed us how unpredictable life can be and how important it is to practice self-care to manage your stress. I personally think taking care of yourself shouldn't have to add to your stress, though, and that's why I love Caliper CBD. If you haven't tried it, the great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. Caliper CBD helps me sleep easier, feel more calm, and it keeps me less sore after long workouts. This past January, Colorado State University published the first peer-reviewed study to compare how different CBD products on the market are absorbed and processed by the body. Caliper CBD was found to deliver 30 times more CBD than CBD oil in the first 30 minutes. That is huge for listeners who are looking for the best way to get the, all the benefits you can out of CBD. And also, uh, the reason I stick with Caliper is they've introduced a better way to consume CBD. The powder, unlike oils, uh, is completely tasteless. It mixes easily in food or drink, and it has precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you never question how much CBD you're taking. I like to put some in my morning coffee or a post-protein workout shake. Uh, now, Caliper CBD comes in affordable 30 and 60 count packs, and it's completely THC-free, and it's made with all natural non-GMO ingredients, no fillers, no added chemicals or artificial flavors. So take care of yourself, but also make it easy on yourself with Caliper CBD. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they will give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code dailybeans for 20% off your first order. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm talking with senior investigative reporter and editor of Law and Crime, Law and Crime News, which you can follow at Law Crime News on Twitter and host of the podcast Objections. Uh, please welcome Adam Klasfeld. Adam, hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, we, you know, we're starting to dust off the old fantasy indictment league. Uh, I know that a lot of people had uh, drafted uh, Ghislaine Maxwell um, <laughs> prior to this, and now we've got what we call superseding indictments, right? And, and I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about what the previous counts were, what the new counts are, how many there were, how many there are, and kind of what the main difference is between what we had before, what she was indicted with before, and what she's being indicted uh, with now. So when this case was originally charged last year, Ghislaine Maxwell was facing six counts that included conspiracy to entice a minor. She had two perjury counts. And prosecutors generally alleged, without specifically putting it into the statute, that she was uh, grooming and abusing uh, young women and girls for uh, Epstein's predation. Now, what makes this indictment different is that there are one, it uh, adds two new charges, and they are sex trafficking counts. Uh, the first one is sex trafficking conspiracy, and the second is sex trafficking of a minor. So this is the first time prosecutors have leveled that statute against Ghislaine Maxwell. This indictment also includes, uh, introduces a new person, minor victim four. We don't know the identity of that person yet. But what we do know is that it expands the length of the conspiracy that prosecutors allege. Now it is going on till at least 2004. Remember, early on in the case, you had Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers saying these are very old allegations that this dates back to the 1990s. This brings it up more recently. So it goes all the way up to 2004 now. Uh, and so we, the major differences are the sex trafficking statute has now been deployed. We have the introduction of this new minor victim four, who's not identified in court papers. 
and the it brings it a little bit more current. I mean, it still goes back to 2004, but now we're talking the aughts, not the 90s. Mm. And is is there even a statute of limitations in the sex trafficking statute? I mean, it's this is these are very old. Not at all, and that's the thing that prosecutors made a point to say from the get go. When whenever Gillian Maxwell's defense counsel have raised these arguments, uh, they're basically saying that this is not a statute of limitations uh, offense. This isn't some. This is something that where the allegations would still be valid. And that's something that the parties are dueling out in pretrial motions as we speak. Uh, And I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot more pretrial motions. Has the prosecution, which is the Southern District, right? This is Audrey Strauss? Absolutely. The Southern District of New York. Uh, Have have they indicated that there are still ongoing investigations and and more uh, charges could come? They never, uh, let's put it this way, they never announced a stop to an investigation. The investigation was active as of yesterday when the grand jury returned this superseding indictment. There's no reason to think that the investigation has uh, closed the books at all. I mean, this this is still a very live matter. We know that the trial is coming ahead in uh, July uh, right now. They basically are saying that uh, this probably should not affect the schedule for a July 12th trial. And uh, so this is going ahead and there's no reason to think that they are looking that they aren't looking even beyond this case. Gotcha. And besides the new addition of minor number four. Now we're on a number four. Uh, were were any other people redacted otherwise named in this, or are they just looking at Ghislaine here? Um, because you know, my understanding is there could be a lot of subjects and targets, but um, I, you know, I really don't have a kind of a grasp of the depth or breadth of this investigation. Well, in terms of what the superseding indictment says, it doesn't introduce many new characters. Like you have. Um, it, when this indictment was filed, the government uh, sent a letter to the judge basically comparing and contrasting the indictment. So they didn't tip their hand, as it were. But we can go to the background of this. We know that back before Audrey Strauss, in the pre-Audrey Strauss days, there was uh, there was another U.S. attorney, Jeffrey Berman, who really wanted to interview Prince Andrew. So you have the, we know that uh, there are people on the government's radar or who were on the government's radar. We know that there are going to be a list of witnesses that right now this is going through the discovery process. They're exchanging information. We'll have a clearer idea of a witness list and who they might be uh, looking at for either information or as a possible target. Uh, So in terms of what this indictment shows, it doesn't tip its hand so far as what the future progress of the investigation would be, other than it's expanding in time, in expanding in number of victims, and expanding in the statutes deployed. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine 
this not being a, a, a massive, I, f- I feel like we were only getting to see the tip of the iceberg as far as, as what's going on uh, with this investigation. And I, I have some questions about the statute, the difference between some of the previous counts and, and the, these new superseding indictments. I do have to take a quick break, though. Will you stay with me? Sure thing. Great. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard me rave about my favorite mattress in the universe ever, you know, from Helix. But even more exciting, Helix has started a company called Allform, and they bring beautiful, customizable furniture to every room in your home. Allform crafts the most gorgeous, high-quality sofas and chairs made to your specifications and then delivered directly to you with fast-free shipping. You customize your own sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of regular stores. With Allform, you can pick your fabric, which is spill-stained and scratch-resistant, great for the pod pets. You pick the color, the, the finish of the legs, the sofa size, the shape so it's perfect for you and your home i picked out a three-seater sofa customize it with whiskey colored leather and a walnut leg finish and i have a chaise lounge at the end i came in a couple days put it together myself i absolutely love it it's roomy and modern and comfy and i like that it was designed to my exact specifications and all form was fast normally if you want a new sofa from like a custom place it takes weeks or months and you have to have somebody put it together for you but all form takes just three to seven days to arrive and you can assemble it yourself with no tools they have gorgeous armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight seat sectionals so there's something for everyone and you can start small and add on later if your family grows or you get a bigger house uh and you here's the thing you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it that's more than three months and if you don't love it they'll pick it up for free there's no risk they'll give you a full refund and they have a forever warranty literally forever so to find your perfect sofa check out allform.com slash daily beans and allform is offering 20 percent off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash daily beans everybody welcome back we're talking with adam klasfeld and uh, we're talking about these superseding indictments that just came down um, from the Southern District of New York in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. And uh, before the break, I had indicated I wanted to talk to you about this statute. And I was wondering, because if I if, you know, we're before we started recording, we were looking you were looking sort of at the, some of the Department of Justice documents. And you've been following this case very closely. And her previous counts are like grooming and enticement and things like that. Can you kind of explain the difference technically between uh, these new superseding indictments being for sex trafficking, first actual sex trafficking charges versus something along the lines of what she was charged with before, which is more enticement and grooming. Right. So the original indictment, it it, it was very difficult for journalists to describe. I mean, obviously, prosecutors had described her as a prequel case to the Jeffrey Epstein case. I mean, that was the word that they use, a prequel. So we, they were obviously setting up this, um, you know, picture and, and alleging that she, this was part of a spectrum of the same sex trafficking empire that they described as a pyramid scheme of, of uh, minor girls who were brought to Jeffrey Epstein through Maxwell for his predation. Uh, and in that indictment, you didn't, whereas Jeffrey Epstein's case was explicitly a sex trafficking case, that was not in the original indictment. Clearly, their investigation has progressed since that time. Now they're leveling that charge. Before, their charges were, as you mentioned, conspiracy to entice a minor, uh, the transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. She's facing two counts of perjury because uh, of her statements and her litigation with uh, 
Virginia Jufre, uh, who sued Maxwell after she denied having groomed her for Jeffrey Epstein. So the in that's other, you know, two very important counts that kind of came up in the whole uh, fight for information on this. <laughs> as, as we've been talking about all day, this case has been a long time coming and, uh, and people have been fighting for information about it. And one of the pieces of information that came out of this public records fight was the deposition that Ghislaine Maxwell took while doing that civil litigation with uh, Virginia Jufre. Those depositions are the subject of the perjury count because she denied having had any role in in Virginia Jufre's abuse. So that's in the background of it. Now, this can actually be called a sex trafficking case in this, you know, it could be called that before because it was tied to the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking case. But now prosecutors went there. Now prosecutors uh, leveled the statute, both the conspiracy count and, uh, and the regular count. And now it's the first time these statutes have been leveled. Yeah, and we see this all the time uh, for those of us who follow uh, criminal investigations right? Uh, uh, where you, you start out with the charges that you have uh, that you can prove and that you can indict. And under federal criminal law, you have to be able to 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 get the conviction and hold on appeal. And there's all these considerations that you have to make. Absolutely. Uh, and then the investigation continues and we get superseding indictments. We've seen it in the insurrection cases. I was where they're, just about to, yeah. <laughs> where they're picked up for uh, trespassing, violent entry, all the common stuff that we know we've got them on. Then as the investigation continues, we can add sedition charges and conspiracy charges, as we've seen with Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. Uh, and as they continue to investigate, maybe roll up to bigger fish, et cetera. We saw it in the Manafort case. Manafort had superseding indictments dropped on him. So did Gates. But then Gates turned into a cooperator. Manafort, not so much. But that's sort of how these kind of things uh, work. And as these, I, I, I take it that full-on sex trafficking charges are more serious than the previous counts that were levied against her. Uh, what what kind of prison sentence do, do these carry? Do you know? Well, let's put it this way. The original counts had her locked up for decades, potentially. It was a maximum sentence. So her sentencing exposure was very uh, tough before. Um, as for these new counts, I don't quite have that information on hand right now. Uh, but let's put it this way. Uh, she was facing very serious sentencing exposure before yesterday. And now she's facing even more serious charges <laughs> that can put her in jail for in prison for the rest of potentially the rest of her life. Yeah. And you know what this says to me is that if they already had her on potential decades, and I mean, I guess if you're a first offender and you look at the chart and you get, you know, you, you et cetera, uh, to me, it seems like these charges are uh, these new superseding indictments are strictly just ironclad justice based charges otherwise because you know normally what a prosecutor will do is like well we don't need to spend the money to get her on anything else we've already got her on all these other things but when you continue and you add these charges it feels like it's part of a bigger 
something bigger that's that's happening and we you know we don't we can't know we don't know what that is and that's all purely speculation but you know generally prosecutors will be like eh like they did with Manafort we don't need to get them on conspiracy to defraud the United States we've got them on tax fraud business fraud etc and and then they're like oh open and shut we'll just go with the easy stuff these are more difficult charges they wouldn't bring them unless they were ironclad right and i just as we were talking i looked up the uh, statute Uh, and the sex trafficking statute that she has been charged with has a maximum... I was thinking 20 years? uh, 25, not two weeks. 25 25 max. So, um, And that's just for one of the conspiracy counts. So you add that to another one, you add the fact that she was had previously decades of potential exposure, um, a serious case just became a lot more serious. Yeah. And then finally, do you have any insight? I mean, where is she being held? I don't think she's on house arrest. I know she was complaining. There were there were public there's public reporting about her not handling prison well, which we hear all the time in these white collar cases. Uh, we hear it from the insurrectionists, you know, I'm a dad. I'm I prison is hard. I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, where is she being held? What's her health like? And do the cameras in that hallway work? So (laughs) we now know (laughs) that she is not being detained in Jeffrey Epstein's prison. Uh, And so she is not in Epstein's jail. She is across the river to a different federal, uh, federal facility. So she has renewed her bail application her application for bond three times uh three times she lost that bond application and she is now trying to appeal that determination she was a huge flight risk right because she has all these properties and and finances etc and she has so, so there are two things flight risk and danger to the community and uh the presiding judge has found both um and when it came to flight risk, they wanted to uh, mitigate that by uh, saying, well, she'll renounce her French and UK citizenship. Uh, that was the third application. But even that, it you know, they looked at her potential resources. Uh, the, fin- uh, the prosecutors say that she had a very incomplete, uh, murky picture of her finances. <laughs> yeah. And she kept contradicting, it seemed in court papers, uh, kept contradicting her previous statements about her finances. They don't know how much money she has, what she's going to do with it. And that has been what the judge basically found in determining that she can't be released. If we don't have a clear picture of her finances, uh, and the defense just keeps upping the ante. It's like, okay, we'll offer this much and we'll uh, we'll have her renounce her UK and French citizenship. And each time the answer is no. And I think that's uh, now having thoroughly lost three times in the lower court, they're taking it to the Second Circuit. Yeah, well, with these additional charges, uh, I would presume it makes her even more uh, danger to, to the public and even more of a flight risk. So I don't I don't think I think she's at a dead end. I think she's going to remain locked up until what is it, July 12th, you said when the trial begins? Right, right. And uh, and her prosecutors are certain to argue that, you know, the, the existence of this new grand jury indictment um, is just going to it was always a very long shot uh bid and it just became those odds 
became much, much longer. So it looks like uh, she is where she is in a federal facility in Brooklyn uh, until uh, January, excuse me, July uh 12 yeah. this year infinitesimally small chances yeah and and longer <laughs> i mean that's when trial begins. yeah um and again i don't think these charges would have been brought unless they were ironclad prosecutors tend not to do that so um what is it 99 percent conviction rate for for federal charges so we'll see we'll be watching the trial and we hope to have you back soon can you tell everybody where to find your podcast and where to follow you absolutely uh my podcast is called objections uh it has it's actually objections with adam Klassfeld. i'm the host uh and it's a law and crime podcast you can find my work on lawncrime.com and uh find my podcast wherever you get your podcasts so awesome thank you senior investigative reporter and editor for law and crime news and host of the podcast Objections. Adam Klassfeld, it's been great talking to you today. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Always great chatting. Absolutely. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this segment of the pod is brought to you by Modern Fertility. We all remember sex ed class. We mostly watched movies and learned how to not get pregnant, but we didn't ever actually learn how to plan for a pregnancy, and we need a new type of education that puts our reproductive goals front and center, and that's Modern Fertility. They make that possible with easy at-home fertility hormone testing. With Modern Fertility, you can unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health. It's easy and affordable, so you can test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over 1000 bucks, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same info. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash you can get $20 off your first test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You get insight on how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, all the other important fertility factors. And the results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. So if you want kids today or maybe in the future... Uh, or whenever you need information to make the decision that's best for you. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. That means your test will only cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands you could pay at your doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. I am so in need of the good news today, Dana. Indeed. You and me both. Mm-hmm. It's been a long week. I mean, I know it's only Thursday, but it, it just feels long. It 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 does, but it's the last day of March. Oh, wait. I don't even think it's Thursday. <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. That's See? how long the damn week has been. <laughs> At least I caught it. <laughs> good job. Good job. Correction. We're in the correction section. There we go. Uh, Dana, it's Wednesday. Uh, I should let you know, a f- a correction right now. After my call, after our discussion with Adam, he told me that the sentence for trafficking under Title 18 of U.S. Code Section 1591A and B, it's not 25 years, but it's 15 to life for each count. Wow. So he wanted to make that correction before this show went out on the air. Now, I have some good news before we get to the listener submitted good news. And again, if you have anything you want to submit, you can head to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First, the CDC is now confirming and putting it in their policy that people with Pfizer and Moderna vaccines cannot carry the virus as asymptomatic vectors. That's fantastic. Amazing news. But still, wash your hands, wear a mask, social distance. Yep. Also, a judge has ruled that the Summer Zervos case against Donald Trump can go forward and that he can be deposed. So 
he will follow that for you as well. So now we've got the Eugene Carroll case going forward and the Summers Ervos case going forward, both defamation cases, uh, accusing the former guy of lying about raping them uh, or sexually uh, assaulting them. Oh, God, they're just such pieces of shit. There's so many of them. Listen, I know hashtag not all men, but my goodness. Mm. Yeah, we just don't know which ones. So <laughs> you have to bear with us. If you all can wear a sign, that would be great. Yeah, it's like when you see a guy open carry, you're like, is that a good guy with a gun or a bad guy with a gun? You don't know until he starts shooting. It's yep. That's how that's how kind of I have to act around all men, unfortunately. And don't get me wrong, Ghislaine Maxwell obviously is a piece of shit herself, so mm. it's not just men. Not all Ghislaine's. Yeah. Uh, no, really, all Ghislaine's, I'm pretty sure. Uh, all right. Uh, I only know of the one. So if any Ghislaine's listening, my apologies. <laughs> First up from Anonymous, no pronouns given. With talk about Irish twins, I wanted to share about my extended family. I was born into a poor Mormon family. My mom gave birth to 12 children and had one miscarriage. We were all between 12 months to 15 months apart. I am 13 months younger than my older sister. My younger sister is 15 months younger. My youngest brother was born 12 months after that. I had a brother and sister die, leaving 10 children that my parents raised. At one point, my dad told us, all that he expected each of us to have 10 children so he could brag about having 100 grandkids. My goodness. So glad I escaped that cycle. The photo is me, of me, sitting on my dad's lap, and my mom is pregnant with number 11. <gasps> oh, my 11. goodness. Oh, look how cute this anonymous human is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at her down there with her little blue suit. Oh, my goodness. Are you? Oh, oh yeah. Well, she's sitting on her dad. This is me sitting on my dad's lap. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. The sibling next to her is also quite adorable. These are all just beautiful people look at they really are oh they're so the, 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 with the plaid jackets your and the, mother is adorable look at her face bow ties i know she just reminds me of the mom from that 70s show just oh my goodness fun and adorable what a fantastic okay all the way to the right the sibling all the way to the right <laughs> <laughs> he's up to something he is oh my goodness thank you so much for that that was a good smile today i appreciate it all right, everyone, this next one's from Zach, no pronouns given. I love the Mondegreens. Um, I was tasked with creating a trivia hour for a recent staff bonding event recently and made sure to include a round of misheard lyrics. Recently, after binging The Office, shroot wedding, um, I looked up Angela, my Motley crew. Oh, excuse me, by Motley Crue, and I learned I have been singing along the wrong lyrics for decades. I thought this love song had a nod to the Rolling Stones' Angie with the lyric, when the Stones scream, Angela, Angela, I'll be there. But I was wrong. It's when the Storms scream, Angela. I like how I like how it's the Stones scream Angela, not Angie, but like her full right. name. Yeah, Angela. Um, sorry, I don't have any pets. Here's a picture of, do of dog treats I keep in my car. My neighbor's dog would bark like crazy when I walked from the parking lot to my house, and I could just toss a treat to get him quiet. It worked. Eventually, he would recognize me from afar and not bark at all. Oh, my God, how cute. <laughs> what a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, all right, next up, Erin, pronouns she and her. I love I love this name. I love your name, Erin. Dear Beans Queens, my good news is that despite a total bummer of a senior year in high school, my daughter's been accepted to six of the seven universities she applied to. College admissions has been sharply point a sharply pointed nightmare for everyone this year, most especially for the class that's lost both junior and senior prom, senior homecoming, senior athletics, band, concerts, club leadership roles, the list goes on. My daughter is waitlisted at her first college choice, so please think positive thoughts in the direction of St. Paul, Minnesota. But the thing I wanted most for her is a choice. 
There's a metaphor in there somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Between Daily Beans and opening arguments, my daughter is inspired to pursue a career in public service, albeit one less military than her parents. So yes, the Beans Queens are building a new generation of strong women who will change the world. Thank you for everything you do to bring us the news with swearing. Erin, that's so amazing. Congratulations. Six of seven colleges. And awesome. I am sending positive thoughts and vibes uh, over to the St. Paul, Minnesota area. Indeed. Make that two of us and I'm sure hundreds of listeners, if not thousands. So, all right, we got more. This is from Tim from Florida. Pronouns he and him. Been a listener, a loyal listener and patron since the early days. I admire all of the women who have you have had as co-hosts. I have news from the Wild Kingdom here in rural Florida. We have a bird nest of finches nestled alongside our sidewall resting on top of a utility box. My wife noticed a snake wrapped around it. See the pic- first picture, snake face up, upper right, and three baby beaks lower left corner. And the snake, <gasps> uh, don't scroll. And the snake had an enlarged mid, oh my God, midsection. So we knew he had already had a couple of baby birds from the nest and he was just waiting until he could clear his intestines to eat more of the baby birds. But we were not going to have that. The snake already had a nice meal. So I used a metal hand extender device to grab the snake and it fell down to the ground. That's the second picture. Mm Um, oh, you can see wide midsection, one to two baby birds. My goodness. He was not moving. He was not moving too fast with all that added weight. Then I picked it up with my metal extend hand and took it to the far side of the yard and threw it over the fence into the neighbor's yard. (laughs) Neighbor's yard. (laughs) Then we went back to check on the baby birds and there were three eager mouths chirping for food as I closed in with the video on. Soon thereafter, Mama Mama Finch came back to feed the babies. Overall, a great lesson in nature and overall positive experience making us feel useful. Oh my God. Uh, (gasps) Look at the snake head uh, in the first mm -hmm. picture. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Midsection. Real, real, real full. Real, real full. Oh Lord. 12 second video of baby birds. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at their little heads. Thank you for that. Wow. Harrowing conservationism happening in Florida, rural Florida. Sorry about your representatives. Indeed. Tim, that's a shame. All right. Next up from Chris, pronoun she and her. Dear AG and DG, my good news is both of you. AG, I ran for Congress in California in the 2020 cycle, and you were so kind to have me on the beans. I've been a fan ever since, but I became a never misser in January. Imagine my delight when there was DG, who I met briefly when she was the host of the JQ fundraiser a couple years back, and I was introduced by my uh, beloved friend Jake, who oh my was goodness. one of the honorees. Yes. DG, I was laughing so hard I could not breathe during your set that day. Jake, I loved, and Chris, I, I'm I'm sure I would remember as well, Jake is awesome and is a firefighter now. Uh, so Chris, just so as I'm reading this, just trust me, I remember all of this. Thank you for that. Awesome. Your pet tax segments tell the most beautiful stories and create a connection of animal people that we all need so badly right now. Here are the pets. The first is little Hallie from the alley. She was found in an alley on Halloween, hence her name. She has eaten everything in the world and is indestructible except for the time she ate raisins twice and earned two traumatic trips to the vet. To this day, she has to be dragged into the building. Her mix is a tough guess, so have fun. 
Next is Dobby. My daughter found him on a soccer field eight years ago. He fit in the palm of our hands. He's humongous now and was very antisocial, only appearing on our beds in the evening to demand scritches and bite our toes. (laughs) During the COVID stay at home, he has transformed and now crawls into my daughter's lap. He's kept her going on an uh, interminable year of Zoom school. Hallie is terrified of him, which is hilarious. He has BFFs with the one and only Blaze, but they only play when they think no one can see them. Blaze owns my heart. He came from a shelter at four months. He's the sweetest dog ever. He's, uh, his mix is the one we actually have info on from the shelter. He's a very sick boy now. He has, oh no, hemangiosarcoma That's a, that has metastasized. So he had emergency surgery last week and we're spoiling him like crazy. I'm wholly unprepared to lose him, but I think that the pet tax segments with all the beautiful stories will get me through. So please keep sharing everyone. Thank you for all you do. Oh. Look at these babies. Oh, oh. so, so sweet. Oh, so cute. Okay, uh, let's see. Definitely a Labrador in the one that looks like a Labrador. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell the one with the skinny tail. Um, do Whippets? No. Um, Whippets have skinny tails, don't they? Yeah, but he's got like a pit bull face. But he also, I can't tell if that's snow or if he's got markings, if he's also a shepherd, an Australian shepherd in there. Yeah, maybe. A healer. All right, let's see. Ah, pity Whippet. Look at you. She runs like a Whippet and has a long skinny tail. (gasps) You had the pity in there. Oh, together we did it. And then lab boxer. Okay, boxer. There we go. How adorable. My goodness, those are sweet, sweet babies. Oh, okay. Next story. This one's from Jamie, pronouns she and her. Hello, AG and DG. I'd like to share with you my good news story. So back in February of 2020, I took the bar exam for the first time and found out I passed in April that same year. I was excited, but then realized I was going to be sworn in as an attorney at the height of COVID. And lo and behold, I was unable to find many jobs to apply to. However, after taking a temporary remote job and working for a nonprofit for a few months, I finally took a new position as an associate earlier this month at a firm not so far from where I lived in south coast of Massachusetts. Nice. Congratulations. It's a lot of work, but I'm happy to be learning how to be a good lawyer from an experienced attorney that mentors me. And I'm learning a lot too. So for my pet tax, I've included two pictures of my family's Pomeranians who are no longer with us, but were loved by us for 16 and 18 years, respectively. We will miss them, but they were the most wonderful dogs we've had. They're very cute. So adorable. I love their scarves. Look at goodness, little hankies, little hankies, Christmas hankies, puffy heads. Oh, they're so tiny. My goodness. Oh, thank you for that, and congratulations. Now, we have something from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Hey, Beans Queens, longtime listener, first time good news confessor. I moved to the northern Virginia suburbs almost 10 years ago for work. I like my job, and the area is a decent place to live, but I really miss living in the city. I'm an introvert and live alone, but enjoy the passive socialization of being in an urban environment and among people on the streets, metro, etc. I wanted to move into D.C., but wasn't willing to do the long daily commute. Well, the pandemic was the final kick in the ass I needed. After working from home for a year, I realized now is the time, so I made the move last week. Hopefully, my job will allow part-time work from home after this summer, but even if they don't, I know I made the right choice. After just a week, I'm loving being back in the city. I can't wait to get my vaccine so I can do all the things I love in D.C., the free museums, great music and theater scene, boozy bottomless brunches, and making (laughs) fun of tourists on the mall. Uh, She's making fun of me, by the way. Uh, Maybe if Congress gets its shit together, I'll even be able to vote for a couple new senators. Yes. 
This feels a bit like a confession, although it's been a lonely year living by myself. I've been very privileged and done better than a lot of people during this crisis, but I just wanted to add another small win to the good news pile. As pod pet tax, I attach a picture of my puppy staring out her new view. She's 12 years old, but still has the energy of a much younger dog. Oh. It's like a Yorkie head. Beautiful. And what a nice view. It's like a Muppet. That's adorable. It is adorable. Well, thank you, everyone, for these. These Yes. (laughs) Made my day. Made my day. Indeed. And, uh... I uh, I appreciate everything you send in. If you need to send anything in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. That's where you can find us. Thank you for sticking around. This was a very long news day. Dana, thanks for putting up with this very long news day as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if Matt Gates goes down for this, we can have news days like this every day. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I really would be fine with it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Roger Stone too, right? Right? God, he's everywhere. Put him in jail. Ugh. I hate that guy. All right. Uh, any any final final thoughts before we... No, I think we've had enough <laughs> thoughts for the day. <laughs> yeah, enough thoughts for the day. Everybody, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, Hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God, A.G. I so I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog dyed dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with <laughs> appliques on it. You're like, what? Keeps the rain like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves, the waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although were they talk what was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god. The best I can I, lo- get I love them. Oh go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, birdhouse in your soul, which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's a song from the point of view. Uh, song from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.